I'm John Graft, and I love Chicago real estate. Between showings, I stop in my favorite places, talk with local business owners, and bring their story to you. This is my Chicago. The real benefit I got from college was the people and the experiences more than the classroom. Yeah. And some people they can't pay attention. Some people want to go do things, right? And, yeah. and I have lots of friends like that and like became successful doing things where they could just put all their time and attention into it yeah. because it's something they wanted to do. But put them in a classroom, they're like, what, what's this topic and what am I learning about? And there's a million 100%. things I'm gonna be talking about, but I'm here doing this instead. 100%, that's how I was and I was like, why am I, why am I still going to school? Why am I, like it's clearly not for me. Why mm -hmm. am I spending all this money? Yeah. Like I don't even know what the fuck I wanna do in life. Why am I doing yes. this? And then at a certain point I was like, done and it's unerasable debt no matter what you do you can never get rid of it and you saddle that on someone who's like 15 or 20 or 15 18 or 22 or what, like you're just starting your life and then bam like all this weight on your shoulders at all yeah. times in my opinion unless you're gonna be you know a doctor lawyer things that you really need to get your education so many people like you don't need it though yeah I mean, when, when let's say you just picked up a trade, let's say you were installing HVAC. Yeah. So you're making sixty five a year right off the bat. Yeah. At eighteen. No debt. No debt. No debt. So you're quarter million ahead by the time people are just getting out of school, and they're a quarter million behind. Yeah. Right. It's insane. It's, it's an interesting. And they're not concept. even guaranteed to get a job. Yeah. And then that HVAC guy, okay, he does this for a few years, understands the business, like I can do this for myself, gets an SBA loan takes it out, starts a business. Entrepreneur. 20 years later, Killing he it. just has like a fleet of cars, fleet of tr vans, trucks, doing the same exact thing. Killing it. Yeah. People that go and get education, go yeah. to school, continue to stay in the rat race. Yeah. It's insane. Um, yeah, it is insane. I don't know. And, pe and people get jobs. I don't know, you ever meet someone, or like you hang out with someone. Let's say you go visit someone out of town and you're with them on a Thursday and like they're working, right? And they're just in meetings after meeting after meeting. Like when's the work? actually happen like what what do you do in your job yo I, I i wonder that too because being an entrepreneur i have meetings and then like i have little time like i really need to get this done now before the next meeting or i'm yes. gonna forget and i'm not gonna do it so i i wonder honestly how much work is getting done yes i agree yeah it took me i thought about that because being an entrepreneur every day like you know at the beginning i was like well i only worked for two hours is that enough i only worked for four hours like i'm like People are working eight plus hours. I must, I have to do the eight plus hours, but yeah. it's all about how efficient people are. It's the quality quantity argument. Yeah. Like, what do you really want? What, do you want your time to matter or do you just want to put the time in and is the time actually accomplishing anything? And it's strange as an entrepreneur, like I'm doing this, right? Like what's the value in this? I don't know, right? The value is different things. Like we did one of these for someone and you know, no one's paying me, there's no money and he's getting a ton of business off it because he yeah. restores stone. Uh -huh. And it's, it's not a specialty, but if you're like looking up stone restoration, you're, gonna, you're not going to find a ton of people, but our YouTube video went straight to the top on SEO. All right. So he's getting all these calls from it. He's like, thank you so much. It was so great. Yeah. And he, did a, he does a great job. So it's happy to refer him out. Yeah. So I get in front of people unexpectedly because I do it. Like, let's say someone's Googling you, right? Like this, this pops up like, well, who's John Graff? Then you just go down a rabbit hole from there. And so it's, there's been unexpected occurrences or people that have found me because of these videos. You never know what's gonna happen. You, you never, never know. know who's gonna see it. Yes. You never know. You could be doing a talk show on TV from this, you know, yes. before you know it. Yeah. It's like, and that's what people want. I mean, that's what these networks, networks want. They want someone that's already put in the work, already shows, 
you know, the discipline and getting it done. Besides just picking up Joe that's got a little bit of a communication degree, you know, and has no videos or yeah. has no background or anything. Just this is what they want. People like you that are getting it done. And, and it's intimidating. When we started doing this, I was like, so what are we going to do and how are we going to do it? And I'm just going to like talk to random people about different yeah. things I like to talk about. And it started during 2020 because I was watching some of my favorite businesses shut down. I was like, what can I do? And I hired Adam and we just started doing these videos right before the pandemic. Like we literally filmed one, but it was just walking through properties. And the property tours I do are like long and I'm talking about every little thing. And it was different than what most people were doing in Chicago. And so the first one we did was okay, but it's gotten a lot better since then, but we were all set up for it, right? I was like, okay, like I can do video. I can, I can set this up for someone and we can talk about their company and their business and we can promote that out to different people and hopefully they can get something from that. Yeah. And I, I hope it made a difference. I don't know if it did, but I know it's made a difference in some businesses today. And yeah. I think that's what's cool. I think it helps everyone all, all around. Yeah. You know? You're building your stock on this, so this is good. Yeah, the so, it's like the social seed, equity and social capital everywhere, right? Means, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I used to do, uh, like I told you, I did, I called it herd chef because I've worked in the restaurant business. So okay. You say, the chef tells you to do something, you say herd chef. You let them know. Oh, herd chef. So, okay. So I would get these so chefs. So walkie talkie, like 10 4. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's on my Instagram. I'll show you before we leave. But uh -huh. uh, I would have these chefs come in and teach me how to cook something. And uh, it would just be magical. We talk about them because. You know, you go to these restaurants, you don't really get to know the chef. You don't really yes. get to see the face. They're in the back slaving away, and you got to know them on a more personal level. And uh, we had good conversations, some inappropriate, and uh, it was just fun. Yeah. That's, that's part of the pitch on this when I'm meeting with different business owners. It's like people love your business, but they don't know who you are. Know you. Yeah. And they want to connect with you. And it, not everyone wants a sound bite. It's like, here's 15 seconds, say this, and that's the advertisement for your business. Yeah. Like everyone's used to listening to podcasts now that are hours long and they want to hear people and actually learn who's behind the brand. I think at least that's what I am. 100%. I, like a founder of a particular company I like is on somewhere. I'm like, I want to learn about this. Yeah. Especially entrepreneurs. Yes. We want to know what's going on. Yeah. We want to know how they got started. It's so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a buff for that. I love YouTubing, yeah. finding out what, how people started, what they got to. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's just um, I don't know, insightful. Where's your start as an entrepreneur? Like, where's that begin? My start, my personal start, mm -hmm. how I started, man. So I kind of eased my way into it, I would say. So I used to model. First of all, I did a little real estate, um, got my real estate license mm -hmm. for app properties. And I was modeling and also a server. So I was multitasking these different Sounds jobs. like you're in Hollywood. Yeah, right? <laughs> I have three yeah. different jobs. I'm just trying to make it big. <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta grind. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, kind of getting a taste of it, you know? And then the pandemic happened and it's like, okay, not serving no more. Yeah. What do I do? You know, kind of push me in the direction to it's either now or never. Mm -hmm. So I started Herd Chef. Herd Chef is a, it was a travel log that we just talked about, uh, cooking with local chefs and teaching me something. It was so cool and dope, learned so much. Um, other than that, you know, I started doing social media, um, content as being a content creator. And then I came up with the idea. I always loved volunteering. I had this idea, actually, I lied. I had this idea like five years ago. Mm -hmm. Why isn't there a volunteer platform that rewards volunteers? And there was nothing like it, nothing at all. I researched it, nothing like it. And I was like, you know, someday I'm going to come up with this. Fast forward, 2020, no better time than now. Yeah. I'm like, Dustin, if you don't do it now, it's not going to be anything. I think 2020 was a great time for anyone to start a business if, because they had extra time 
and yeah. the world is changing. And every, all the styles even, like all the design in homes is all gonna change after 2020, it's already begun. Yeah. But I said that, I was like, people are gonna be stuck in these spaces, they're gonna want new spaces, they're gonna be tired of looking at all these same designs. There's gonna be a renaissance of change. For sure. And you know, push people, you know, people were just sitting around just collecting checks and not doing anything, you Watching know, it's Netflix. like, people were like getting that itch. I was, I was like, I gotta do something. Um, so the time came, I thought of this idea, okay, I'm gonna, I have some friends around the city, I'm gonna see if they'll give a discount to volunteers. I'm gonna call this Volves 312. Okay. That name sucks. <laughs> thank God, thank God well, I didn't. I'm glad you figured that out. Thank God I didn't go along with that. So one day I'm just, you know, building my website. Um, and I'm like, man, I gotta figure out their new name. And it just hit me. I can't even tell you how it hit me. I was just sitting in my room and it was just guaranteed karma. And I was like, oh my God, I, fucking love this name. Sorry, yeah. my curse. Um, no, whatever. But uh, I just loved it. I loved it. And it just, I was like, this makes perfect sense. We are going to reward volunteers with local businesses with guaranteed karma. Um, you do good, you get good. And after that, it's kind of took off, you know, started in Chicago, um, a couple of nonprofits. Uh, we did a website. So you would sign up on the website. And then after you went to volunteer, we would email you like little uh, discount codes for local businesses. Okay. Fast forward, my buddy, Peter Weber, um, he was like, yo, move to New York with me. I'm like, man, I'm not going to move to New York. Get out of here. I love Chicago, and like, I'm not going to go to New York. I never wanted to move to New York. And he was like, just, he's a great salesman. He was like, no, man, it's like, if you can make it in New York with Guaranteed Karma, I'll help you promote it. You can do it in New York. You can do it anywhere. I'm like, it's true. When people want to start a business, they're like, well, if you can do it there, then that proves to other places. Because it's like, oh, they came from New York. Correct. Right? Yeah. So, like, like Jenny's ice cream is probably not a good example because it started in Ohio or whatever. But you're like, Ohio, that's interesting. And it blew up, right? Yeah. If it started in New York, you see all these companies that start in New York come to Chicago, come to different places. And that's what everyone says, like, oh, from New York or from L.A. Right? It's the hustle. In New yeah. York City, like you said, you have family members there. It doesn't stop. You yeah. go there to hustle. It's not like LA where you relax and yeah. everything. Like you have meetings, you are connecting, you are like just making shit happen. And so far, a year and a half, that's exactly what I've been doing. Just like blowing it up, grinding, making connections, uh, building new volunteer events. We have over 200 members now. Wow. For uh, Guaranteed Karma, which is insane. You how know? many in Chicago? How many in New York? Um, I don't know the split, so okay. we have it together. So right now we're on the app Halo. So okay. we have volunteer volunteering um, events in Chicago, New York, perks for both cities, and uh, so far just going well. Chicago's growing pretty good right now. You know, I eased away away from it because uh, it's just hard to manage both. But I have mm -hmm. some helpers here in Chicago now, so we're doing street cleanups. We're going to do beach cleanups. We're going to help with soup kitchens. And we're just gonna build this community uh, a little better and make it fun. Everyone I know, I mean, wants to volunteer. Yeah. Everybody. I've never met someone that doesn't want to volunteer, but people don't know how to. People are nervous. Um, once you go to a nonprofit website, you have to go through so many loopholes, and by that time, you're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. There's a lot of volunteers working at volunteer places as well, like at a nonprofit. And sometimes you're like, like do you care about this? Like, they don't seem to push it forward. They feel like they're doing something because they have to do it, but you're, mm -hmm. it's also a volunteer position, so it's very confusing. Yeah. And you don't get the right vibe sometimes. Like, I've tried to help with certain things, and I'm trying to get somewhere, and it's like there's definitely a disconnect between the owners or the people running this and the people doing some of the work yeah. because I feel like the people that need to connect don't always 
get there. Yeah, everyone's gonna be on the same, same vibe, right? Yes. Yeah, good vibes only, right? I think sometimes a lot of these nonprofits have little funding and they're probably overworking people, mm -hmm. which they kind of maybe lose that um, interest of why they're doing it. But mm -hmm. I don't know, Guaranteed Karma, we're here to make it fun. We wanna make it interesting, we wanna be creative. We wanna make it nice and easy for everybody. And we wanna build community. And uh, that's uh, what we're doing. And so far I'm blessed. I mean, every new member I get, I'm just like, well, must be doing something right. So it's validation, each one. You know, some days I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why, is this gonna work, you yeah. know? Um, but every new member, it's like, all right, we're gonna get somewhere. And I, I guess that's the highs and lows, you know. Yeah. Being an entrepreneur. It's crazy. As soon as there's a good day, there's a bad day right behind it. Yeah. And as soon as there's a bad day, there's always some jump. Something yeah. that happens that's completely unexpected that's like, okay, this is why I do this. And like, some things are gonna not work. Yeah. And some things are gonna work without you even knowing how it worked. Those, oh my God, those are blessings. Yeah. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. Uh, it's thrilling, it's scary. I, I, if anyone wants to be an entrepreneur, I say go for it. Dive in, you're gonna learn a lot about yourself. You're just gonna learn a lot about the process and I don't think you ever stop learning. Start there, the process, the beginning. Like you have this idea, how do you turn it into something? What'd you do? Man, yeah, I think that's the hardest part, honestly. Yeah. So many people have great ideas, but they're not, um, not willing to take action on it. Mm -hmm. For me, I was just like Dustin. Now or never, man. Like, you gotta do it now or never. So, first thing I started was, was a website. Yep. I was like, okay. Got the website going, uh, had someone help me. All right, second thing. It's like just taking steps, baby steps. You know, you don't have to have it all figured out at once. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, you, the, you can't, because it's not gonna work out the way you think it you is. You can't. You gotta pull, that, pull the trigger first, mm -hmm. and then later on, worry about aiming, you know? So, Taking that first step is the, is the hardest part, but man, once you take that first step, the next one's a little bit easier. So just believe in yourself. I say confidence. A lot of people don't really have the confidence and believe in, in themselves. And there's, and there's a difference between confidence and cockiness, and there's a fine line where it's you cross over and no one wants to deal with you at all. And then right before that line, everyone's like, oh, this guy, I like this. I like this energy. I like what he's talking about. How can we help? Yeah, it is a fine line between that because you never want to come off cocky, but you definitely want to be high confident. Yeah. You have to be high confident. Like, you have to know, you have to believe this is going to work. And, and I also feel some people that be like, oh, they're, they're cocky. It's like, no, I think you're intimidated by their energy or like you don't like that. And that's a little different than what you're used to. So yeah. that, that bothers you. That's what I've noticed with some people. And it's a lot of people that you know, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's never someone you just kind of meet on the street. And, What's you know. funny is the people you don't know, usually in my experience, will want you to succeed because they don't know you too well, right? But the people that know you, they're like, oh, well, he's doing that now or he's doing this. And they're really just being like, I'm not doing anything. Correct. I hate to say that, but that's how it feels Yeah, sometimes. you have people like that. And I think you also have people that aren't just used to making things happen. Yeah. You know, some people are just, and that's okay, you know, that's, uh, some people are just, they're comfortable with their nine to five and that's like what they want. And I, I love that, mm -hmm. but that's not for everybody. And if you feel like you were meant for something more, yeah. you just gotta jump out there and do it. But a lot of people are just comfortable in that and they're just trying to protect us. Mm -hmm. They wanna say, hey, you know, you maybe you shouldn't do that. And I actually had this happen the other day. My buddy in New York was like, hey, um, yo, you wanna, you know, get a city job? Like, you know, full time, great benefits. And I'm like, no, nah, man, you know, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that, but yeah. I believe this is going to work and I, I, I don't have a plan B. Yeah. There's, this is point, I mean, plan A and that is it.
Have you ever heard about um, burning the boats? I have yeah. a neon light in my apartment in the living room that says, burn the ships. No way. I do. Okay. I do. I, I love that story. Yeah, go, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I, I don't know who it was necessarily. I can't think of who it is. It either. was a Spanish. It was, a Spanish. Span, Spanish. I, it, Spanish. It, it wasn't Columbus. It, it might have been. Uh, it wasn't. No. It was a Spanish um, pioneer of some sort. And what they were going to do is, it was just just these boats, and they were going to conquer the land. The land. They, I mean, the land. I think just had a crazy army, huge army, and he wanted his warriors, his pioneers, to have no doubt of fear and no doubt that we're not going anywhere else. So he told everyone, get off the boats, we're burning the ships, we're conquering this land. So when you put yourself against the wall, you have nowhere else to go but straight ahead and works for a lot of people. Yeah. That's you know? a great story. So you start the website, what's next up? I start the website, I talk to a couple friends, I was like, um, hey, would love if you could give any discount you can to strictly volunteers. Perfect. I had like one or two, and that's all I needed. Um, we started getting that going. What businesses were those? Were the first people to jump on? Uh, so first businesses that I had jump on was Happy Camper. Okay. Uh, nude Food Dude. Uh-huh. And uh, also um, Shred. Okay. Those. 415? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so those are the OGs. So uh, very humble to very appreciative to have those people give a shot. You don't give a chance. You know, the nude food dudes, they were making pizzas in the beginning of 2022, pushing them out, and they were doing all types of different things. Oh, my goodness. Those guys so, are interesting. Those guys are great. Yeah. So I used to work for them a little bit. So no during way. the pandemic, everything shut down towards the end. They're like, Dustin, you know, come, come to some of our private events that we do. You know, we go and serve food for people, and, you know, I'm like, absolutely. So, um, Ryan and Seth, those are great guys, man. And, yeah, I worked with them for a little bit, and uh, it's just awesome. How did you find them? So I used to do the Herd Chef, right? Yeah. So once I started doing this, I just started reaching out to all these different chefs around the city and found those guys, and they just do phenomenal work. Okay. So yeah. they were open to it immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, they still are. I wish they, they're not in town this weekend, but... Um, yeah, they're great guys. Make it, great pizza. It's such a small world. And then how about Happy Camper? What's your connection there? I know Josh, the owner. Uh-huh. Um, so I reached out to him and just, uh, yeah, he knows what it's like to be an entrepreneur, getting started. So. so they said right off the bat, like, happy to do this. Yeah. <clears throat> and how do you earn the discount? So how does the volunteering work? So that was a tough thing at first. So I had the website. You would sign up for the volunteering event. I would go to each one. Mm-hmm. And if you showed up, I would know, make a list, and then I would email um, the discounts to you. And it was simple as that. I always knew like I had to come up with a more function, functional way of doing this, but like I said, you don't, you're not going to figure it, all, figure it out all at once. Fast forward, moving to uh, New York, I was lucky, lucky enough to meet the founder of Halo. So Guaranteed Karma is just a concept. I mean, we are a for-profit business, but it's just a concept right now. We're not bringing in money. Okay. We're just making sure, we're seeing how this works. Um, so I met the founder of Halo, which is a community-based app where people can interact and join different clubs and memberships. So Kind of like Meetup? Kind of. A little different. Um, I would say it's a little bit more, 
Meetup's kind of cool. It's a website, though, right? Yeah. It's an app and everything. I haven't heard about it in forever. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to show you, but Halo okay. is phenomenal. Like, you, we have topics, guaranteed karma topics that we talk about where people go in and ask questions, and we'll let them know what's going on. Um, we have events that they could sign up for, and um, we have a members page. So you can see other people that are members. And we have icebreakers, which, what neighborhood they live in, what's their favorite cocktail, what's their spirit animal. These kind of ease people, make people seem humanized mm -hmm. because it's intimidating, you know, when you go somewhere and don't know anybody and you're making friends. And then we have the content page, which also has all of our photos from the events and also our discounts. So right now, if you are a member, you automatically get the discounts. Okay. Um, that's for now. Hopefully later on we'll have an app to where... So you don't have to volunteer, technically? Technically, at the okay. moment, hopefully... Because it's harder to manage, I imagine. Yeah, right now... I, I can understand why you would do that, because you're like, okay, I, you signed up, thank you for doing that. But then if you're sending it out to everyone after every event, that becomes another leg that you have to take care of. Correct. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. um, right now I'm just appreciative that anybody wants to become a member for mm -hmm. Guarantee Karma. So I think that deserves some discounts. But. We have some pretty cool stuff like half off on helicopter rides, chiropractic service, um, teeth whitening, um, mushroom coffee. Okay. Um, we just have a list and it goes workout classes. Like, and that's, I mean, we just want to give good things to people that are trying to do good for the community. How is it growing at this stage? How do you keep that momentum going? <laughs> Man, it's, uh, it's a challenge for sure. I think we really... We, we, we really rely on social media. Mm -hmm. Social media, TikTok, uh, Instagram, um, definitely putting out content, um, putting out facts, being, um, just putting out all kinds of information so people can find out how they can help their community, um, by them helping the community, what that does, mm -hmm. and um, also what they get. So also word of mouth. I just tell people, interact with people, and uh, a lot of times I go to these nonprofits and just, uh, hey, I talk to people, you know? Hey, what are you doing here? Why do you like to volunteer? Well, love to have you on Guaranteed Karma. If you're gonna do good, you might as well be getting rewarded while you're doing it, so, yeah. Meeting up with the places that people can volunteer at or getting them on the platform, how does that work? Because I feel like that's, that's like the business development side of it in a way, right? Like one side is getting people on the platform to yep. use it, but then you have to have the businesses or the ways people are volunteering. How do you find those? Ways people can volunteer? Yeah, like, you know, you said it was a cleanup where Tam was doing the one yeah, time, right? So, so like, what was that? So yeah, yeah, well, first I try to partner with a lot of nonprofits and I have their opportunities on our, on our um, app to where people could go anytime and go help out with those volunteering events. A lot of times nonprofits, you have to go through a lot of different things. They have a limited number people still want to just help out and do things. Yeah. Um, so I created these street cleanups. So we do street cleanups in Chicago and New York where you clean up for an hour in local businesses. And well, sorry, we'll clean up for an hour and then we will go to a bar after. Yeah. Well, they will reward us with free drinks. So um, yeah, I'm just trying. You can feel good and then feel good. You feel good and you feel better. <laughs> and then, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just, um, gosh, it's just a great time. I mean. Doing good for your community, volunteering, you just get such a great feeling from that. And then you see everyone afterwards, like we literally get drunk, we get wasted. I mean, put that in there or not, but we just have a good time and people should have a good time. If they're yeah. doing something good, we want, we want them to have fun and responsibly. But, yeah. Do you ever get met with any skepticism of anyone who's 
who wants to be on the platform or your proposition, like learn more about what they're doing? Um, yes and no. People that, you know, a lot of people, not when I'm trying to get people to join the app. Like, yeah. Everyone's freely. I, I feel like on the people side, there wouldn't be any. It's very straightforward. It's like, do good, feel good. Yeah. Why not, right? Yeah, you might tell some people and they're like, what? You started a business by volunteering? Like, what? Why didn't I think of that? No. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you have haters here and there, but I appreciate those people. Um, well, if you don't have haters, then no one's paying attention. Right. I mean, people are always, there's always a negative person. There's always someone who doesn't understand what you're doing, or there's sure. always someone who's a little jealous or envious. Always. Yeah. Always. Um, but for the most part, it's been really nice coasting. Like I tell people about it. They're so interested and want to do it. Um, other than that, we've really had to pivot a tad bit. Mm -hmm. So the norm today in corporate America is like a lot of corporate companies are giving their employees volunteer days. Well, okay. they will even pay them to go do volunteer days. Uh -huh. So now I'm working with corporate companies to set up their team building volunteer activities. Because oh, so, you can do that and scale that much quicker. Like you can get in with Chase and okay, like that's more than you've accomplished for everything probably. That's how you, yeah, scaling much faster. Yeah. And also these employees will become members as well and have access to all these discounts and cool stuff. But um, Again, yeah, we do like in-house. Like we'll have like maybe just a drive. We'll have a DJ come in. We'll go to the office, a canned food drive or a clothing drive where people bring in new clothes or uh, new canned goods. And we'll just have a little get together and, you know, and just have a little party at their office. Or uh, we will do the street cleanups as well and get photography in there. And it's great PR for these companies. Yeah. I mean, if they want to do it or not, they definitely want the PR from it. So that's right. You know, but as long as, Good things are getting done. In my eyes, I don't think, see anything wrong with it. You know, a lot of people are like, well, you're rewarding volunteers. Shouldn't they just be doing it for nothing? Every volunteer volunteers for something. Everyone needs an incentive. Everyone. The, the incentive of the feel good isn't necessarily large enough. The helpers, you need something big. The helper's high. A lot of yeah. people get off helper's by the high. helper's okay. high. I like to call it the helper's high. Yeah. And the helper's high is no joke. It really makes you feel good. But people do it because they get that feeling. It makes them feel good. So there's nothing different from that. Some people want to get 20% off on their teeth whitening. Some people yeah. want to get a free workout class. Like whatever it is that they want, as long as they're coming in and getting the work done, we're getting those hours done, I'm making a difference in the community. It's all that matters. That's a really good way to get people connected to a business too. Yeah. Because if you know the business is giving you this discount, then you're going to look, you're going to put the company higher up on the pedestal. You're going to see them as a good company because they're giving back. They have to give back. These yeah. days. Do you have any realtors? I don't yet. No? I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll say it right now. I'll give, um, so how would we figure out where the donation would go? If, so what I was thinking so is. So you want to do a donation? I would think that if someone were to buy or sell a home with me, we'd give 10% back of the commission to some cause. Like okay. Whoever it is. I think you guys pick. I yeah. think it should be through you and the buyer or seller. Uh -huh. You guys heard this first in. <laughs> you heard what he said. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll absolutely do it. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, for anyone who's on Guaranteed Karma, we'll give 10% back to whatever cause we decide on and whatever cause they want. I love that. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'm going to have to hold on. Put this in my <laughs> I'm going to go to everybody. Um, but yeah, there we go. Like just doing something good and. Making a difference, it's gotta be the norm now. This world's too crazy. Yeah. This world is too crazy for, companies have to be held reliable to do good and lead and make an example, you know? 
So. I, I think a lot of companies look the same too. Like for, on the realtor standpoint, most people don't understand the value in a good realtor or how it's going to change or why there's a difference working with different people. That's fine. That's an education topic. That's really difficult to do. Like yeah. teaching someone. But if you just say, we'll allow you to do this. Here's the discount. Someone's like, Oh, I'll work with them for that reason. So why not? Right? Why not? If they think we're all the same, then let's give us a different point of differentiation other than just being a quality at what you do. Number one realtor right here. He's about to <laughs> go skyrocket. <laughs> that's a good idea, man. Yeah. I actually, I love that. Yeah. yeah there's a, no reason. We could easily do that. That's a great idea. So when you're, when you're working with the big companies, how do you get into that company? How do you start that process? How do you get past that you know, gatekeeper? It's so funny. It's just word of mouth. Yeah. Um, you just meet people and they're like, hey, you should talk to my HR director. And, you know, it's just... It's just word of mouth. And the hard thing is, this is a concept that no one's heard of. Yeah. That's so, why we're here. So I, people, was just, I was just like, it's so, it's so simple to understand. So simplistic. That that there's not a big explanation. No one even explained it to me. I just like, I saw what was happening and I heard the name and I was like, oh, I think I get it. Why hasn't anyone done this before? Yeah. It's so simplistic. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's definitely hard. You know, you got to make a hundred pitches before you get someone that's a little interested, you yeah. know? Um, little because, breadcrumbs everywhere. Yeah, people are like, guaranteed karma, what the hell is that? Yeah. Like, well, let me tell you. And, you know, I tell people, it's okay. We could come back to this. Um, also, I think it's very smart for people to realize that they're starting their own business, becoming an entrepreneur. At the beginning stages, do not expect to make money. You're building your stock. You're going to have to do a lot of stuff for free to build these relationships and to let, see, let people and these companies see the value. Yeah. And once you get your foot in that door where they see that value, you're going to take off. So anyone looking to be an entrepreneur or has a business that they're starting, if you're looking to make money right away, you're, it's, you're probably going to fail. You have to really think about it and give a lot of your services for free. That, that was really hard for me in the beginning. What you don't realize is no one owes you anything. No one owes you the phone call. Nope. No one owes you the meeting. No one owes you five seconds to listen to what you're doing. Yeah. You have to create a reason and a value for someone to listen to you. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard. It's like, you won't even take my phone call. You won't even return a voicemail. You, won't, like, you don't even have an opportunity to give the pitch of the value. Yeah. But that's not on them. That's on you. That's on the situation. You're propositioning someone. I get super annoyed. I get propositioned. For, I get way too many emails and LinkedIn messages and yeah. Instagram spam and all this garbage, right? Yeah. And someone was like really being persistent about something on one of those platforms. And I was like, I owe you nothing. And I had to say that to them. I was like, I owe you nothing. You owe me nothing. I'm not interested. Stop. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't how you go about doing this. Yeah. And I never needed anyone to say that to me, but it took me a while until you get, you have to have that mindset that no one owes you anything. Yeah. And until you can create the value and put the value in front of someone, that's the only time people are going to start listening. Yeah, and it's the psychology around it too. Like, everyone hates a, uh, a salesman. Yeah. It's just the reality of it. Everyone hates, no one wants to be sold anything. Mm -hmm. So how do, you, how do you think outside the box? How do you go around and just meet people not looking to get anything out of them? And I, I find value in that when I meet someone that, you know, they're not looking to get anything out of me. They're just kind of meeting me. And then yeah. you kind of get to know them. It's like, hey, what do you do? And then we're off to the races. We find something like, oh, my God, I like this guy. Let's, let's, we're going to do business at some point. Yeah. You know, I think that's what it's all about, those one, relationships. One of my favorite quotes is, people rarely remember what you said or what you did, but they remember how you made them feel. And that's true. Like, yeah. you leave with anyone, leave any place. 
Is that Carnegie? Is that the Carnegie book? I know you read that one. I, I have read that. Uh, uh, it's I don't know. Book. I don't know. I think it's really old. Okay. I think it's real, real old. It might even, I feel like it's French from like the 1700s. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely true. And especially if there's alcohol involved, <laughs> like you're having a good time, right? Yeah. Everyone's having a good time. Yeah. You wake up in the morning, and you're like, I don't remember what I was talking about. But do you, but you remember Scott? That guy was cool. I liked him. It's experience. Yeah. People will always remember the emotional tie they have mm -hmm. to someone or some event. So yeah, keep the experience exciting. So, so right now you're in New York. What's a day look like for you? What are you doing? Ooh, what's a day look like? It depends, man. Every day is something different. Um, you know, I wake up, uh, luckily I have an intern right now, okay. which is That's good. a big hoorah for me. Um, takes so much stress off me for yeah. uh, social media. So, you know, I wake up, have a meeting with my intern, we get some things set up for social media. After that, have some phone calls, just, you know, cold calling, making relationships, uh, setting up volunteering events, thinking what perks people would like, um, and just trying to be creative, just all day, every day. You never really turn it off, mm -hmm. even though right now I'm trying to be better at it. Yeah. Um, I heard a great speech the other day, and this guy was telling me he would always run late for his plane, his, his flight to take off. Um, he would either rush, he would stress. He would stress, try to rush to get there. At some point, he was like, you know what? I'm either going to get there and the plane is going to run late and I'm going to get on the plane, or I'm not. It's going to be either or. Um, and he used that and applied that to everyday life. Um, so I try to take that in, and I'm not going to be, I guarantee karma is not going to be some multi-million dollar business tomorrow. Yeah. It's not. My sanity, my, my um, self-care, my mental health is more important than um, over doing it, mm -hmm. so to say. You know what I mean? So I try not to stress. If I want to take five, if I want to take a day off, I do it. You know, I don't want to stress. I don't want to wear myself down. I want to make, make sure I'm happy in this environment. So I don't know. I don't know if it made sense, but. I know what you mean. You know, it's, I've always laughed at the people that are like, I sleep five hours a night. They say it like a badge of honor. And they're like, I work 18 hours a day and I do this. And I'm like, so you care more about the length and time than the quality of the time. Got it. And I wonder how efficient they're being. Well, that's the whole thing. Like, you lose your executive function if you're not getting enough sleep. Yep. Right? You lose everything. If I have a bad night, I get eight hours every night. Yeah. Like, I have to have it. I'm going to go to bed early if I have to. I'm going to go to bed late and wake up late. Whatever it is, I need those eight hours because I know I'm not going to perform well. Yep. If I don't. You need it. Yes. And so, in terms of taking the time and how you're going to use it, it's more important with what you get done with the time than how many hours you're putting in. Correct. You can sit in front of a screen and say you worked for an hour or two. Did you? Yeah, man. I'm like, some days I'm like, all right, Dustin, this is what we have to do today. Let's just fucking knock it out. This one hour, let's go hard. And you're done. You are done. And whatever else comes up, of course, you know, you work for it. But, you know, just be efficient. Yeah. Be efficient. And you have to trust what you're doing. Like my wife has this pie business mm -hmm. and she's selling these doms, these pies at Dom's and Zany's and Duplex and Logan Square. And now she's doing savory food. Mm -hmm. So Dom's is going to start selling uh, two wraps and a bowl. All right. And we can make the food. We can put it out there. We can't make people eat it. Right. And Dom's taking is taking this gamble and they're putting their neck out to promote it, mm -hmm. to put it in front of people, to offer something that isn't being sold elsewhere. 
And that's risky, right? But every business does that to get something started. And so we had our first week and we learned a lot. We were changing the packaging, we're learning, we're changing the size, we're changing the pricing. And just one week of putting it out. Now Dom's paid for that week. You know, they paid for the, the X amount of food that we created to be put out. Only 50% of one item sold, 50% of another item sold, and next to nothing of another item sold. Okay. And that was a big learning, right? I feel like 50% is pretty good though. I thought 50% was pretty good too. Yuna was discouraged. I was like, that's good. Yeah. No one knows what this is. I don't think many things sell out at I, grocery stores unless yes. it's like some, something going on in the world yeah. and we're still in toilet paper I, and shit. I, I was excited about it. I was like, 50% is pretty good. No one knows what this is or what we're doing. This is great. This yeah. isn't going to be better. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah. 50%? That's, but, but the first week too? First week. First week. Yo, that's a win. And zero promotion. That's a right? win. Yes, that's how, it's how I took it, except for the one item that only sold one. Okay. But that's okay. And I, there were actually two, and I was the one who bought the second one. We want <laughs> like to check everything, right? Yeah. So now we're refiguring everything. Yeah. We're changing it, and we're just adapting. Yeah. And we're learning, and we're just very thankful for someone like Dom's to take, put that investment in us. Yeah. And you're like, this is how businesses start. Point being is we could never be worried. Yuna was sitting there and she, she worries a little more than I do because I've, I've always worked for myself and I've never gotten a paycheck. And it's, it's scary. Like, it's yeah, scary. It is, except all you know is if you put your best in, all you can do is wait after that. Yeah. And then learn from everything you're doing and how to change it. Yeah. And I think some people get really scared about entrepreneurship, about the idea of starting any business because of that. They've been used to a guarantee for so long. When you don't have the guarantee, you're like, well, is it me? Was the food bad? Like she was sitting there and be like, was something wrong with the food? I'm like, no, the food, we know the food's great. Don't worry about that. Yeah. People just don't know about it yet. Yeah. The people that, so how are you, who's involved with this with you? What what are the, the people that are helping you grow this? Oh man. Again, I'm a big manifester. Mm -hmm. I, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need to manifest. I'm just going to tell you right now. Yeah. You have to know and believe and see the, it's visualize. The I call it willing. It's just like, you just have to will it. You have to talk about it. You got to do it. Yeah. And the worst thing is just people that talk. You, can always, you always know these people. They're never actually doing anything. They're talking about this idea and that idea. I'm like, yeah, but do. Like, do, it. do it. Do it. Yeah, I like to visualize it. I like seeing like, oh, man, guaranteed karma's huge. It's all over the nation, the world. Like, I visualize it to where I, it's almost real. Um, when you work hard, you tend to get lucky. Mm -hmm. So I have people that reach out to me. They're like, hey, would love to help. You know, don't have to pay me anything. I just want to help. I've had a number of people that have just, you know, come on, came on and just helped me with certain things. I've been so fortunate to have people like that, that believe in guaranteed karma, yeah. that believe in me, that want to see it grow. And those people, uh, they're just, there's something special about those type of people that they don't even know you, but they're like, yeah. I love this. How can I help? So I have a few helpers here in Chicago. I have a few helpers also in uh, New York and I have an uh, intern. So like, like I said, Guaranteed Karma is not profitable yet. We are filling this out, making sure it's going to work before um, we start bringing in revenue. But yeah, I've just been so lucky to have people just believe in us and help me out. It's good. Yeah, for Be free, it's insane. Before we ever met, because our mutual friends are Lauren and Corey, and Yuna was talking about something or other, and they're like, oh, he was on The Bachelorette. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So let's talk about that, because that's, that's clearly yeah. a, a unique experience. Very unique. Um, man, The Bachelorette. So rewind, 2019, getting out of a bad breakup, just turned 30, and I was just like, you know what? 
someone reached out to me. They were like, Dustin, you should do this show called The Bachelorette. The recruiter is asking about you. I'm like, nah, that's not really for me. You know, nah. And I went home and just thought about it. I'm like, man, I just turned 30. Why not? Why, why not just, why not try something different? Mm -hmm. Never thought I was really going, I told him, okay. Never thought I'd make it to that level because there's different rounds of interviews. What's that like? What are the interview rounds like? So the interview, you go and meet um, the casting recruiters. After that, um, if they like you, you have to fill out tons of paperwork, background checks, uh, get tested, make sure you're in great mental and physical health. What kind of tests do they do? Oh, they, you get like a doctor checkup. Really? Yeah, check, check you for STDs, everything. Uh -huh. Just want to make sure. Because they're like, if we're going to put all these people in this environment, they, gotta, they have to be clean. Yeah, be clean. Um, <laughs> drug test. Did they drug test? I think there was a drug test. I don't remember. But yeah. um, you go through all this, and then if they, you pass that round, they fly you out to L.A. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, this might be really happening. And so from the beginning until the time you get flown out, how much time is there? It was from, like, I want to say November till February. Okay. And so you, the first time, is it a video interview and you're all by yourself and no one sees it? Or like, what's the, what's the first time you ever put yourself out there? Is it an application? Uh, no, the recruiter just had a conversation with me and okay. took me into this hotel and uh -huh. they had a, a camera there and they just asked me some questions. What, what kind of questions do they ask? They just asked you all kinds of like absurd questions. Like your love life, are you dating, what's your type? Um, tell us about a breakup, this and that. So okay. it's a, kind of- Did you life. know it was gonna be for The Bachelorette? Yeah. Okay. So they told you the show. Yeah, they told me. They didn't tell me who the lead would who the lead would be. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward, they're like, "All right, you're you're coming on." I'm like, "Holy shit! Yeah, this is really gonna happen." Fly me out. They haven't told me who the bachelorette is yet. Um, I get there. I land. When the producer picks me up, he picks me up. He's like, "Hey, you're gonna meet the girl tonight." I'm like, "Oh, great. Who is she?" I can't tell you yet. You're gonna meet her on live television tonight. And that show was live? When they introduced The Bachelorette, uh -huh. that was live. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God. Because that's real. That's different. Like, okay, we can film and we can edit, but something live. Live television. Yeah. Live ABC television. And they wanted me to do a toast. <laughs> so like, man, I'm in the back studio room and I'm like so nervous. I've uh -huh. never been so nervous. There's a live audience too. There's probably like a... Oh, so you're live in so many different ways. There's probably like 50 people in this live audience, not to mention the millions of people watching. That's got to be so weird. You're trying to like do something that's supposed to feel authentic, but you have a crowd of people watching you. It's got to be strange. I <coughs> blacked out. I came out. I had my speech ready. Well, you didn't black out because you were drinking. Like, you, just, you just forgot. I was so scared that I, yeah. blacked, I walked on that stage and I don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, man. But I will say, after I got off the stage, I was like so alive. I was like, oh my God. How'd it go? It went good. It went good? Okay. I fumbled up a little bit, but she laughed. She had a good time. We did a toast. Uh -huh. and, uh, were you, yeah. Was it all off the cuff? You weren't reading anything? Just memory? Shoot? Just go? memory. Yeah. That's, what was the toast? Do you remember? Oh my God, I don't remember. It is on YouTube though. Okay. It's on YouTube, I don't remember, but I was just saying like, I'll always choose you, some romantic shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, way on the show, man. Um, didn't necessarily find love, was open to the experience though, met some great people, mm -hmm. and uh, have some great friends today from it. Um, super excited, uh, have a uh, buddy that's going on there now. Oh yeah? 
Nate Mitchell. So uh -huh. he's going to be on this current season. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with him. So you prepped him for it, like do this, don't do that. I tried to tell him to be just, you know, the, the main thing I had to tell him was just be yourself. Yeah. Like you can't go wrong. He's a great guy. Just don't get nervous like me. Just be yourself. And I'm excited to see what happens. What's the process like? You know, okay, so you do the toast. What happens after? Okay, I did a toast. They took me to the hotel room, and I stayed in the hotel room by myself for five days. So everyone's in their own hotel room for five days, no phone, no laptop. You don't, no cell phone? No cell phone. Really? Yeah. They take Can you go use the amenities of the, the hotel or anything? No, you're stuck. You can't there. work out? They give you an hour to work out. Okay. It was like you're in prison. Wow. Yeah. So you get, I wouldn't have expected this. It was it was tough. What's the what are they trying to? I know. So my I have to, I complete ignorance. Yeah. I know nothing about the show. I've never yeah, seen it. Yeah, good. So, you're, what are they? Why are they keeping you in a jail cell? I don't know. I guess they're just getting everything ready to start the show. Okay. They don't want you to talk to the outside world. I imagine. Oh yeah, they don't want you to talk to the outside world. Okay. They don't want everyone to know that you're doing this. They don't want you. Talk to your friends and because I'm sure you signed something that said you couldn't do it, but they know you'll do it anyway if you have those tools. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, they took the phone away too. Wait, did they take the phone away? I think they took the phone away in the hotel room. You literally had nothing but the TV. Okay. I was watching TV all day and some. It's just Law and Order all day long. Yeah, <laughs> and the producers would come in, check on you, come talk, and have some good convos. But I never knew when they were coming. Yeah. So I'm like. Man, I don't know if I should use the restroom right now. I don't want them to come yeah. in and smell all this. But, uh. <laughs> well, that's got to be a little, because you're going to get a little cabin fever stuck in the room, you too. You get cabin fever for sure, man. It was crazy times. But, uh, yeah, five days. Then, then you were off to the races. And what's that look like? What happens after that? Oh, yeah, you get in the limo. Okay. You meet these other guys for the first time. You're in your suit, looking your best. And they provide the clothes or you? No, you gotta bring your own clothes. So it's all your wardrobe. Yeah, it's all How your How many days of clothes do you bring? Shit, you gotta bring a lot. Cause you could possibly be <laughs> yeah. there for like, I was there for a little over, a, maybe around a month. Okay. You gotta bring a lot of clothes. Cause you can't wear the same thing twice ever. Well, you can't, I, I did, yeah. Yeah. You, um, yeah, you gotta bring a lot of clothes and for different, different environments. Different. So you come in with like two big suitcases? Yeah. Okay. You got to your suits, casual wear, you know, your toilet Because yeah, you don't know what to, to expect, like what you kind of environment. Where, you don't know where you're going. Yeah. You're leaving the country here shortly if you get on, so. And this was all happening in L.A.? So they film everything there? Starts in L.A. Yeah. Um, we were there for like maybe a, a week or two, then we started traveling. We went to Newport, okay. Rhode Island. Uh -huh. um, from Newport, Rhode Island, we went to Scotland. So these are all dates, right? Like a, yeah. Like a date? Okay, so all the dates are in different places? Yeah. Okay, so that's cool. So you went to Scotland? In Scotland. Yeah. After, on ABC? Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing experience, man. And after that, I went to Riga Lafia. Never even heard of Riga Lafia before yeah. I went on this show. Um, was it Eastern, uh, Eastern Europe? Um, just, did you have a passport? Or did you have to expedite that? Yeah, I had a passport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to have a passport to do that. But uh, just an amazing experience. Seeing parts of the world I would have never dreamed of. Meeting some great people. Just a great experience. I don't regret it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Are you socializing? So is every time you have a date and afterwards, are you isolated again? Yep. Okay, so you're not talking to the other guys? Um, no, take that back. So you go on a date, you have group dates, one-on-one -on -one dates. Um, if you're not doing that, you're not filming, you're back in the hotel, and you're normally rooming with somebody, but you get to okay. hang out around the hallway or the hotel rooms with okay. the other guys. So that's not bad. So that's why you get to know them so well. You have no phone, no 
TV, no nothing. You're just because those are your friends. Even though you're all going towards the same goal, it's just like we're all here together. Yeah, you're chatting with these guys yeah. all day. It's almost like you're in war. Yeah. Right. All all going for the same thing, but like people hope to be more victorious than others. Yeah. Yeah. No, it gets competitive too. And some people disliked each other, and some people just had their buddies, and you kind of find that out as you go. Was when you're meeting these people or hanging out with these people, you're like this person's here for the wrong reasons, or like this person's just here to get famous, or... Yeah, you think that, but I think everyone went on there to get an experience. I think everyone wanted some maybe new opportunity in life, so mm -hmm. I don't hate on anybody that's trying yeah. to get there for the wrong reasons. I mean, I did it for the experience, and who knows, who knows what would come from it? I yeah, exactly. I got married. I could have, who knows, got a... Any kind of, who knows, entertainment job? You just don't know what's going to come from it. Yeah. yeah. From then, how have you parlayed that experience or what have the relationships that you've built during that show led to? Yeah, they've definitely led to a lot of opportunities, man. Um, some people had some great opportunities. I'm very fortunate for my opportunities. I will say it was a very humbling experience because I was serving at the time and you know, I'm serving people and they're like recognizing me and they want to take photos of me like recognizing them and I'm seeing my friends become like super famous and just able to quit their jobs and I'm just like, this is a good humble experience. I definitely am not famous because I still got to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, new opportunities are just coming around, you know. Um, people wanted you to do, come to their parties. They wanted you to come socialize. They wanted you to do brand partnerships. Um, just the, the, the opportunities are just crazy that come from it. And you just kind of, again, just take it all in. You try never to say no. Yeah. You don't say no to anything. Just take it all in while you can. How do people reach out to you? How do they find you? Uh, social media, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Just hit you up on the gram. Like, okay. Hit me hey. up on the gram. I had my contact information up there. So email mm -hmm. or social media. Yeah. Since then, has, has it led anywhere that was unexpected? Oh, it's all unexpected. My life's totally changed. Like I, I work, I'm living in New York, an entrepreneur pushing my company. Like that was all unexpected. And I don't know if I would have did it if I didn't go on the show, honestly. Yeah. I don't know if I would have had the confidence. I don't know if I would have had the validation in myself to like go and pursue something like that. So yeah, I've done a lot of traveling trips too, traveling with cool people and just meeting cool people and doing cool things. And yeah, forever grateful. Growing up in Southern Illinois, do you have any role models or examples or people that led you down this path? Um, I was definitely brought up in a hard-working, blue-collar family that knew the value of hard work. Um, I knew whatever I did in life, I was definitely going to have to work hard at it. You work, the harder you work, you tend to get lucky in life. Mm -hmm. So I always remember that. But, man, Southern Illinois... I think I, you know, great people in Southern Illinois. I love everyone down there. But I saw a lot of people do things like they didn't really want to do in life. And I feel like they kind of had no hopes and dreams and kind of just settled. And I knew I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I started to do the opposite of what these people would do. And found myself just getting lucky in life. What lessons do you think you learned growing up in that type of environment or that small town, I imagine? Small town. Yeah. I, I never had that, but you meet people from small towns and they kind of go in two completely different directions in my opinion. One is a very safe, everything's secure, get yep. the corporate job, get the 401k, pay into it, retire at 65 or whatever. Yeah. Other people are dreamers, like trying to accomplish anything they can. Yeah. 
I have no <coughs> idea what pushed me to become a dreamer. I don't know. I just crazy. I just had the audacity to believe that I could do it. And I knew I wanted more in life. And I think you just kind of know that you want more and you want to do more. And I just kept on saying yes to opportunities, man. Moved out of Southern Illinois, new opportunity. Even though the opportunities were shit, you know, mm -hmm. I just still did it and met someone new and new opportunity, new opportunity, new opportunity. And it's just like, like I said, you work hard and you're open to things, you get lucky. Yeah. When you wake up every day, what's one of the first things you think about? Man, wake up every day, I give gratitude. Uh, my life could be totally different. Um, I give gratitude, number one. I, I think of the smallest things, the biggest things, just to give gratitude to. Like, man, this is really my life. I'm from Southern Illinois, blue collar family. I'm living in Upper East Side of Manhattan right now, where I would never have dreamed of having to pay the rent for what I'm paying for a small box of stuff. You know, it's just insane. Yeah. Um, just, man, I just give gratitude every day, man. Just gratitude, that's the first thing. What are you doing in New York outside of Guaranteed Karma? Like, how do you spend your time? Man, New York is a very socializing city. Um, I socialize quite a bit because it's like work, you're networking. But, you know, if I'm not volunteering, if I'm not working, I'm socializing, I'm going to events, I'm going on long walks around the city. It's a beautiful city, so yeah. much around the city. I'm going to different restaurants. I'm just getting the experience. I don't know if I'll be in New York forever, so I definitely want to absorb this experience and take it in as much as possible. But just enjoying people I love and hanging out, man. Do you have a favorite neighborhood yet? A favorite neighborhood? Ooh, I don't. I, um, so I moved there, moved to the Midtown East. I liked it a lot. A lot of people don't like it, but I liked it a lot. Um, now I'm in Midtown's kind of like the loop. It is the loop. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, shit, I like it. Uh, Upper East Side's good. Um, I'm right by Central Park, so yeah. very cool. My girlfriend lives in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and I think that's a really cool area. I like that area a lot. That's, that's, a, that's a hike. Yeah, there's too many favorite, too many favorite, I mean, every neighborhood is unique. Yeah. So I don't have a favorite, man. Have you eaten at, uh, eaten at Peter Luger's yet? Peter where? Peter Luger's. Where's that at? Uh, it's right, right in Brooklyn, right over the bridge. Like, best steak in New York. Oh, I have it. Yeah, they have a really good burger, too. Is this by in Williamsburg? I don't know if it's in Williamsburg. Or Dumbo. It's, I think it's closer to Dumbo. Okay, I haven't done it. Yeah, because it's basically if you were leaving the village and then heading to Brooklyn from the village, you'd get there. It's like right over the bridge. No, I haven't. Let's go, though. Yeah, Peter Luger's is great. Really good. What do you want to accomplish in New York while you're there? Um, I want to set my mark for a guaranteed karma. I want it to be well-established. I... I mean, that's the place to be to build anything. So if this concept works, when it works, um, I'll just be happy and be able to hopefully move back to Chicago. But just get the word out there. Get funding at some point. Not right now. Not ready to get it yet. But at some point, definitely. Like, get a full team together and just uh, take over this world, man. What are the next steps? Next steps right now is just still just marketing, building getting um, more members to join, mm -hmm. getting more corporate companies to join, um, in the works of hopefully having an app ready maybe in a couple years, um, getting that blueprint together of how the functionality of how I want Guaranteed Karma to look. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things, but I think us getting the app will be huge and uh, I'm excited about that. 
So would that app be part and parcel away from that Halo app? Correct, yeah. Okay. Halo app is like we're our renter home right now. Okay. Like it's our apartment that we're renting, and it has all the functionalities that we need right now. Mm -hmm. It's like a blessing in the skies. When I came across it, I'm like, this is everything we need, and it's beautiful. It's, it's great. And, uh, but at some point, I do want to get my own app. And we'll take some things that, that I really like about Halo and probably have the founder of Halo help me out, actually. I was going to say, wouldn't there be a natural relationship between the two of you? Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, so, and I know nothing about apps. I know nothing yeah. about tech. But just got to learn, man. We'll learn it together. What's that person's story? Do you know? Halo? Oh, Eric. He uh, started it in San Francisco. I think he just wanted to build community. He wanted this app to not be necessarily something that people are going to spend a lot of time on. Quick functionalities, you get in, you get out. And he started it with like run clubs and hiking clubs and volleyball clubs on there. And he's done a great job. He comes back and forth from Chicago, I mean, from New York to San Fran. When you're making content, what's the content look like? Like what, how are you trying to reach people or connect with people or really touch them? Yeah, I think this is still a learning curve for us. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what... Social works. media is tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's not easy. I'm trying to figure out what works best. You know, we use a lot of illustrations. Um, also, I like to get nice photography done. So, we'll see. I couldn't tell you what works best yet. Yeah. Well, we will find out. <laughs> how, how do you decide what to throw at the wall, what to try? How, how do I decide? Yeah. Man, I, I mean, do it all. Like, like you said, a lot of mm -hmm. things you don't know what's going to work. It's going to be very unexpected what works. And right now we're at the beginning stages. I'm not limited to try anything. I mean, mm -hmm. not try anything. Like, let's throw it all out there. Let's see what sticks. Like, I mean, that's all about learning. Anyone that inspires you in that space or anyone you see, like, killing it on social, you're like, this is what I want it to feel like. This is the vibe. Hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I do want to take... I do want to have like a creative feel with Guaranteed Karma. A lot of nonprofits, um, I, I think a lot of nonprofits, not to shame on them or anything, but I think they lack a creativity, a visual look on yeah. a lot of things. And I kind of want to push away from that. I okay. want it to be a little elevated and create, creative. And um, I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but that's what I'm going for. You ever talked to Soho, Soho House? Yeah, I'm actually staying in Soho right now. Okay. Like, yeah. that'd be a natural, if you have that audience, right? You have people that want to do well. And there's a creative element to it. You ever talk to them? I've talked to them about possibly doing some uh, team building, volunteer activities. But I think for sure, I'm not a member. I used to work there for five years. Did I tell no, you this? No. Yeah, I worked at Soho House for like five years, from like 2015 to, to, to the pandemic. What were you doing? That's where you were serving? Yeah, well, yeah. I started as a um, butler. As a butler? So wait, I was wait, working at, they have butlers? They have butlers. So I worked at Menards, and okay. I was busting my ads at Menards here in Chicago. Which one? Um, the one on Clyborne. On Clyborne? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I was busting my ass. I was like, I got to do something else. And I saw a Craig's ad for servers for Soho House. Soho House just opened. I'm like, I need to probably serve. I go there. I have no serving experience. They're like, oh, we don't need you for a server. You, you don't know what you're doing. But we'll hire you as a butler. At that time, they're like, okay, you'll get paid 15 an hour. And that time, I was only making, like, minimum wage. This was, like, back a long time ago. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. And tips? Sign me up. Yeah. And one thing this led to another. I met a lot of great creatives there. I, and I went from being a butler to working the front desk to doing night audit, from night audit, um, being a server, 
And man, the people I've met, the connections I've made, um, the things I've learned and saw, and just seeing how people, yeah, just uh, it, it was inspiring to see everyday people just making great things. And yeah. What do you do as a butler? Butler, so, so crazy. So you just stand outside and greet people, and when your hotel guests would come, you carry their bags, you run errands, essentially. You just run errands and stuff like that. I met a lot of cool people, like famous people I've took, taken to their rooms, yeah. like Sam Smith, the Jonas Brothers, Spike Lee. Oh, man, Scotty Pippen. Like, so, like, I can't even count how many people I've met. David Schrumer, he used to stay there all the time. He's a great guy. Um, met so many people, man, it's insane. Um, but, yeah. Anyone surprise you? Like someone who didn't tip or someone that, like, yeah. off? You don't, you, don't, uh, you don't have to call them out. I won't throw them under the bus, but yeah, they should, uh, there's some, it's crazy. I've, I've met a number of people that have had experiences with Scotty Pippen. No tip No tip pip, yep. That's what everyone calls them. That, that's oh, a bad, the whole city. The whole city. The whole city. That, that's a bad reputation that's to have. That's terrible, man. <laughs> Yo, from working in the, from working in the hospitality, <clears throat> I tell my girlfriend that she's from London and they don't tip. She's yeah. Like, Why do we have to tip here? It's so shit. I'm like, you. If I ever find out you don't tip, I will lose my shit. You tip no matter. I mean, unless someone is absolutely rude to you, you tip. And uh, even then, I'm like, it's ten percent. Yeah. You know, like, okay, if, I'm not giving you the twenty. I'm giving you the ten just to know, like, I'm a stand-up person. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like it's almost worse than nothing, in my opinion. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You know. I, I think, I'm always like, damn, they must be having a bad day or something. But yeah. I've never really... That's the right way to think. Because sometimes it's just off. And it's not that person. I mean, sometimes it is that person's fault. But they're having a tough day and you don't know what they're going Sometimes through. it's so hard. It's so hard. And um, yeah, people really bust their ass in the hospitality industry. They got to work for it, man. I don't think... It's so crazy. And we're talking about people in corporate America, like, working eight hours a day, doing fucking what? What sitting, did, sitting what in did front they of a do? screen, like, scheduling things. I don't understand who they're managing or what these meetings are for. It's, it's crazy. Like, I, I literally know people that are in back-to-back meetings all day long. Doing what? It, and these people that work yes. at hospitality are busting their ass, like running around, like doing it, like... They're making things move. They're making things move. Yeah. And people... I, you know what? I always said this, too. I think everyone growing up... I, th I think there's some disciplines in life that really build a person's character, make them a better person. I'm like serving. If everyone out of high school or college got a serving job just for like a month, I guarantee you it would make you a better person. I think you'd have a higher appreciation for people. Correct. And what they're going through and understanding, okay, I'm bringing someone their food and the chef back there, he cooked this medium and they wanted medium rare. I'm taking it all and then I have to send it back and I have to bring something back as fast as I can. I think you'd have appreciation for people a little differently. For sure, and you see people trying if they're trying, they deserve it. They give them a tip, tip over 20%. They deserve it. They're trying. They're trying to make your experience the best they can. Yeah. They understand they're in the shit right now. They've got everybody, Susie, Jan, everyone needs their drink right now. They're trying to accommodate everyone. Just people need to appreciate these people. But going back, I mean, I'll never take that. And I'm just so lucky to have that experience. So, yeah, it's really rounding me out. What other... I don't want to use the word shit jobs, but Menards is a job that no one wants. You oh. said you were working your ass off. Bro, I've had so many jobs. I've worked, I've probably had 50. No. 
I've done a lot of different. Tell things. me all these jobs. Hold on. We I go worked in cell phones, setting up wireless. I've done retail, clothing, Bed Bath & Beyond um, retail. I've worked at a gym. That's a front desk. I've, I was a certified phlebotomist at one point. For what? Phlebotomist, person what? that draws blood. What is it called? Phlebotomist. Phlebotomist? I thought you were saying botanist. No, phlebotomist. Uh, phlebotomist. Is yeah. that a PH or an, L, an F? PH. PH. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me. <laughs> uh, terrible literature. Uh, but gosh, I have server. Uh, I've done literally, oh, never got fired either. I've done like so much. I, yeah, as you know, I was also, uh, <laughs> I, got, I married two people. No, I didn't know that. Oh, you were at the wedding. Oh, oh, you mean you're the fish? I thought you, mean I you a, got married twice. No, no, no. I was officiating the wedding. <laughs> I was like, hold on. No, 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 no. We got 30 more minutes to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was the officiator. Um, yeah, you did a great job. You did I a really good job. I was nervous. Yeah. I was nervous. Yeah. And but, it, I couldn't tell you were nervous. And I've watched a lot of people's friends marry them. Yeah. And none of them were as good as you. Wow. Let, let, let me put it that way. You were very natural. It seemed you didn't have one pause um, waiting. Like you knew exactly what to say, how to say it. Your, I appreciate your that, man. Your cadence was good, and uh, that it was. You did a great job. I appreciate that, man. I watched. I gotta be careful what I say here. I watched. <laughs> I know someone's gonna get mad at you. Uh, I watched someone marry someone, and he who's terrible. Okay. Bless his heart. But he can't. I saw him at the wedding afterwards, and people were giving him pats on the back, and I hate that insincere BS. It's like, obviously don't tell the guy he did a bad job. There's nothing to gain from doing that. But people were pumping him up so much that he was like, I did such a great job and I'm so proud of it, blah, blah. So listen to this. So I, I see him, I see this guy like once a month easily. And after this, he's showing someone, I, I'm like, oh, he married so-and-so. And he's like, yeah, let me show you. So we're with someone and we're watching it. And the person's like, They know he did his shit job. not good. Yeah, right? And I think at that very moment, he knew he didn't do a good job either. I feel like all the they gassed, energy... They gassed him up. Yep, yep. All that had dissipated, all yeah. evaporated away. Yeah. And he was like, oh. Because his mood changed after he pulled that video out of him like, doing maybe it. maybe I won't do this again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I'll do it again either. I Why not? Was, man, I enjoy weddings. I want to go there and just celebrate. It's like, a, it's a big job. Yeah, I it's mean, very it's, important. It's just the it's key. It's biggest clutch. job of the whole, you know, and it's, it's a lot of pressure. You know, this is two people, their special day of being united and it's just a lot of pressure. I how, think. How'd that even come up? Like how did, Corey and Lauren just asked me one day, they're like, hey, we want to talk to you. I'm like, all right, this is weird. Um, and so they made it formal, like, hey, we want to talk to you. Do you have time? Can we FaceTime? Yeah, yeah, time? yeah. I'm like, huh. Okay. Was it in person or over the phone? It was over the phone. Over the phone, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was FaceTime, over FaceTime. FaceTime, yeah. And they're like, um, we want you to ordain us. And I'm like, okay, yeah, what's ordain? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what they were talking about. Oh, no, they, they're like, yeah, I want you to officiate our wedding. I'm like, oh, well, can't say no. So, yeah, I was nervous. I was so nervous. And I'm glad I said yes, though. I was so nervous, though. I, from start to finish of them telling me, um, I'm so glad I did it, though. What'd you do to prep? Man, I just, I just read my script. Got it ready. So how'd you create the script? 
Did they give you things? They, they, they gave it. They, they pretty much gave me everything they wanted. Okay. And I just had to throw in little jokes here and there. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, honestly, what I think helped me a lot, the night before at the rehearsal dinner, I was so nervous. I was just drinking whiskey straight. I was like, okay. Like, just so nervous because I'm meeting the family. I'm like, God, I hope I don't fuck this up. Here's all the people that are going to watch me. Yeah. And I probably had 10, 10 whiskey drinks, like, back to back. By the end of the night, I was just slurred. I was just like, <laughs> like, and, like, my girlfriend was like, yeah, we're going home. And I went home. I dropped two glasses of water, broke the glass, and I started reading my script. And I was just slurring everything. The next day, I had a terrible hangover. And you know, we've all been there where we just have these hangovers and it's just like... You don't even want to get out of bed. I felt like, if I die, I die. Yeah. Like, just take me. It closed all the drapes, it was, all the blackouts. It was one of those. I had no nerve, I had no feelings. I was just like, let's just do this. I have nothing to be nervous about. And I just did it. And boom. It's great. It's a great time. I, I hate to admit it, but I got banged up that night too for the rehearsal. And... My wife left to go do all the wedding stuff because she was in the wedding, and I had all the all everything drawn right. Yeah. I didn't wake up till noon, like I had no the phone was off. Everything Look at was you. Off. Yeah, and I woke up I was like whoa, and I hate that feeling. There is nothing worse than waking up and you're like, I feel like a complete pos. Yeah. Right. And I had the I went and worked out and I was like I got to get rid of this feeling and like totally dead this. But I, I slept in. It was good. It was really nice. Must have been nice. Must have been nice, man. Just go there, pop a seat, watch the wedding, soak up the hangover. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want for weddings. Yeah. So I don't want to... I, I think Lauren and Corey are the special couple that we'll always cherish that together. I think that's going to be the one and done. And that's the right way to do it. Instead of watering it down. Yeah. Why, well, why do you think they chose you? I don't know, man. I feel like they could have chosen a lot of people. Like, man, you just got it. You just, you know, you just got it. Like, y'all seeing something I don't see? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, man, I'm totally appreciative for them choosing me and just being a part of that wedding. That wedding was beautiful from start to finish. And uh, I miss them, man. They moved yeah. to Michigan now. I know, I know. I haven't seen them since, yeah. actually. Yeah. I feel like kids will be down the way sooner than later, too. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you, how'd the three of you meet? So, during the pandemic of 2020, there was a time where no one was allowed to do anything. And me and my buddy Clay and our friend Chelsea, later on our friend uh, Shannon came on board, but we were like, let's host a workout class. Everyone's six plus feet apart. Let's get people outside. Let's yeah. like, this is, this is good. A lot of people had some mental issues from you know being locked up and not being able to socialize. And we I wanted- I think there to were more issues from that than anything else. Oh, 100%. Like yeah. depression, skyrock, skyrock, whatever yeah. you said. But anyways, uh, so we call it fitness in the park. We had people come. We're going to work out um, six feet apart. And as we did it, like we, at one time, I thought, I thought Lori Lightfoot was going to come get us. We had like over 100 people uh -huh. that came, like 150 people that came to a workout class. I'm like, oh, my God, this is insane. But, yeah, just, again, community bringing people together um and that's how we met Corey. Corey was like yo we met Corey through another friend that was DJing the events and Corey came in and started DJing the DJ wave and uh just met him through there and we just kind of bonded and hung okay. out and it's been great funny story at my wedding our D so it was in Hawaii we have to hire everything oh, from afar 
right? And everything turned out great except for the DJ. Mm. The DJ dropped the ball in every place possible. So halfway through the wedding, Corey just took over. Did it really? Absolutely. And he did a phenomenal job. And like people were dancing, but then they were dancing. You know what? Not all heroes wear capes, man. Yeah. Shout out to Corey for that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Luckily you had him there. How'd you get 150 people during the pandemic to a park? And like, how'd you put that together? You just create a social media page and promote That's it. That's it? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, promoting on there, promoting on our own social media. It's insane. I, I was like, oh, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Those were big during 2020. I, I went to a few of them. Huge. Yeah. I think Yuna went to one of yours, too. I couldn't make it. I remember that. Yeah, because it was wet out. Huge. Oh, yeah. We did it. <laughs> Rain or shine. Some, um, yeah, I was we, like, what are you about to do? It rained yesterday. Are you sure? <laughs> we had some crazy moments. And, yo, it was so fun. Um, I personally needed that um, during 2020, just being around people and just being in a safe way. It was, it was great, man. It was great. I have to go back to the Soho House jobs. Soho House? Yeah. Okay. So Butler, then what? Butler <coughs> went to work in the front desk as a front desk agent, booking hotel rooms, people calling. Wait, um, tell me some good stories from then. Soho House is an interesting place. It was hectic, honestly. Um, a lot of times it was just super busy. You're just multitasking. And you know, it's so crazy. Every job I had is prepared me for where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Just like multitasking, phone calls, emails, booking stuff, guests right in front of you, just multitasking and just doing it and being cool. Like not losing your shit, taking, taking a breath and just getting it done. And um, it was great. Again, met a lot of interesting people, got invited to a lot of cool stuff. We have musicians come in and be uh -huh. like, hey, we got extra tickets. I saw Guns N' Roses like front row back in 2016. It was That's insane awesome. at Soldier Field. Like got invited How'd to- How'd that happen? How'd, they, how'd you get those tickets? Some guy just dropped off these tickets to us. And yeah, I went to every concert I could. We have these extra here, yours. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, people, members are very generous and it was just an amazing time, man. One of my friends worked at a hotel for two years while he was in college and he has the craziest stories you'll ever oh, I'm hear. Sure. It was just day and night something different day and night something new and it wasn't even it wasn't like a new york hotel it was i think it was in denver or florida or something like that but it was a good enough hotel where some funny things are going to happen expensive enough price point where you're going to get some interesting people through mm -hmm. yeah okay uh, so for, you got more stories <laughs> i can't tell those stories but okay uh, there's always good stories after the front desk then what uh front desk i did night audit so i was what's work that it's pretty much like doing accounting work like okay taking in all the funds seeing where they go analytics of everything and having it projected to everyone around North America. Um, it was just like uh, you work from 11 to like 7 a.m. non-turnal for a while. Um, also going to doing classes, graphic design classes around that time. When were you doing that? And that, yeah, this was um, from 2014 to 2017. So were you doing night classes and then going to a night job? Yeah. Well, so no, no, not, cla not night classes, day classes. Day classes. Like, there would be days I wake, I mean, I just get up, I mean, get off work in the morning and have to go do classes and go, like, I oh, grinded. I grinded, man. Um, did night audit for a little bit and went back to the front desk. And after that, uh, I decided I wanted to uh, serve um, because I was also modeling and I needed more flexibility to be able to take off shifts, switch shifts. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, I worked at, at the chicken and farm shop. You ever been there? No. It was the best chicken sandwich in the world. Um, shout out to uh, Chef 
um, James from making that chicken sandwich. Um, it was great. It was chicken and farm shop. I was there until COVID happened, but where was it? It was all. It was right next to Fox Bar. Okay. And still whole house. Okay. Yeah. Delicious. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's part of Soho, right? What's that? It's part of Soho. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. I never went there though. Okay. After that, what else were you doing there? After the night audit. Yeah, just I went straight to serving. Straight to serving. Yeah. So is it a natural evolution? Like you have to work your ranks up to do that because you had no experience. Maybe I think they were comfortable with me because they knew I worked hard and I would pick up whatever I always gave. I always worked hard. Like uh -huh. there was never a day in my life I didn't work hard. So I think they were like, "Oh well, if he wants to serve, he'll pick it up pretty quick." Is serving the best opportunity for money because of the tips? Yeah. 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 And it's a good indicator for anyone that wants to be an entrepreneur because it gives you a realistic take on what that would be like. Because if it's slow, if your service isn't good, you're not making many tips you're not making any money. Yeah. And it really shows you like, <laughs> yeah. you really need to work harder or get people in or do something. And it, it's, uh, it's, it's like being an entrepreneur with training wheels, I would say. Because you can see the flow. You can see the flow you're on like, a good day and bad flow day. Consistent all the way through, Correct. good all the time. Otherwise, what am I doing here? Correct, so little did I know, I was already training myself to become an entrepreneur by just that. And just, cut, just trusting the dots. You might not know always what you're gonna do in life, but you got to know that these dots are going to connect somewhere. What's the worst job you ever had? Worst job. Dick construction. That was hard. Carrying up uh, roof tiles. You know, hot ass roof. That, was, that sucked. Um, Were you doing that on ladders? Like on a house? Yeah. Yeah, that's a terrible job. They have the ladder. I forget what they call it. But like they have the conveyor belt that can put those on the roof. Yeah. And they just don't do it. No, you got to put them up there and yeah. have balance. It's, and it's so dangerous, too. It's like you could fall off the ladder So easily. dangerous. So yeah. dangerous. And they, have, and they have the belt. Like, I've literally paid for this to happen. I've set it up. And I was like, how much is it to make sure men aren't doing it all day long and we gain a day? And it's not a lot more. Yeah. You're like, just pay for the belt. Pay for the belt. Just put it up there. Put it up there. I don't know. Um, other than that, I think that's probably the worst jobs. I mean, again, retail, very difficult. It's hard. You're on your feet all day, but um, were you in a selling capacity? Were you trying to like push clothes or push shoes? Stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Um, and again, yeah, it taught me a little bit about sales growing up. Um, but those probably were the worst ones. Probably being confined to one area for me, confined to one area all day long for like eight hours. That that that's like slavery to me. I feel like not being on your able to be on your phone, connect, make things happen. Um, in my opinion, I just that's the tough job, yeah. Do you have ADD? Like, do you feel like you have ADD? Or? For sure. My yeah. mind goes all over the place. Yeah. I have an idea. I, I, I write everything down. If I have an idea, I'll write it down or I'll forget about it. Yeah. Do you carry a notepad? Or I just don't. in your phone? Phone. Yeah. yeah. How do you keep At track home of it? I have a notepad, yeah. How do you organize it? How do you make sure, like, you actually do something with the idea? I struggle with that same issue. Oh, so I have a pretty cool to-do list calendar and notepad to where I write down all my ideas for the day. And then I prioritize, prioritize which ones need to get done first. And then I plug in the other ones throughout the time blocks. Um, so it helps me if I have an idea, I'll just write it down. And at some point in the day, I'll try to knock it out and kind of make it as a game to get these things done. Yeah. When you create the to-do list, do you prioritize it? Do you move things around? Do you number them? Oh, yeah. Things don't always go as planned. Like it's... I think a lot of people wanted like, I'd stick to the script. No, um, you put it on there for reference and you try to go to that, but I mean, you know, 
you get a random email that just changes everything. You have a random call, you have- A call can ruin your whole day. Yeah. It, it could just throw three to five hours out the window. Yeah. Cause you're like, I have to respond to this. I got to figure it out. I have to contact this person. I can't do that now. Okay. Then you forgot where you were doing right when you get it all done. Yeah. So to-do list is good. I would say most days it's pretty good, but being flexible, being one as water, as they say, don't really stick to the script too hard. When you were moving to New York, what kind of fears did you have? What was your biggest, uh, you saw something as a potential failure or something that could happen while you were there? I gave myself one year to try to figure it out. I was like, oh, okay, New York's really expensive. I need to make sure I'm on my hustle, making money. I think that was my main fear. I always have this fear, like, especially being an entrepreneur, like, Nobody wants to be on the streets. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, it could be a reality because you don't have that consistent income and you don't know, you have to know how to budget too. Um, I think just making money was, uh, yeah, I think I was really nervous about that at first. I think entrepreneur used to be almost a dirty word. I remember when people would introduce themselves as an entrepreneur. I'm like, what, what, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? What, what, tell me more, yeah, right? Yeah. And now for whatever reason, maybe because the shark tank or God knows what. Everybody wants it, to be an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to introduce themselves as one. And then you get a little bit further. You're like, oh, I see. So you have an idea, but are you doing anything? Going to New York, it's something I, I think about or have thought about or something that I wish I had done earlier. Here's why. Okay. Doing what I do, people say how expensive New York is. Sure. Housing is expensive. Correct. But you can get pizza and a bottle of water there cheaper than it is here. You, you can get a lot of things cheaper in New York. Just depends where you are in New York. But because there's such mass, there's so many people, people work off a volume model. So there's some things that are better. Beyond all that, there are income opportunities there that we just don't have here. Correct. There's no million dollar listing in Chicago because the homes aren't good enough and people aren't really interested and the price points aren't high. You enough. tend to make a little bit more in New York than Chicago for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you're looking at it, you're like, okay, so maybe my living expenses double. Let's yeah. say they double, right? But your income possibility is literally 10x. Yeah. Especially if you do real estate or sales or anything, you're like, okay, an expensive condo here is a million dollars. Yeah. A real expensive condo is like five million. Those rarely even come about. In New York, that's just, that's that over there and that over there it's and that insane, over there. It's insane, right? And the whole world's looking at it, right? Yeah. Like, there's another thing about Chicago. People leave here. Like, we don't have these expensive homes because the people with money aren't really here. Like, there are. Yeah. But not in the same type of density that exists in New York. It yeah. attracts everyone from everywhere in the world. Yeah. You just don't have that in Chicago. I wish you did. Yeah. But that's why your income can just be exponential. It's insane. So much higher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the medium person makes anywhere from 80 to 120, I uh -huh. think, in New York it is. That's crazy. That's like... That's starting. Yeah, you're just like, okay, here's a job. Here's 100 grand. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize 100 grand isn't that much in New York. Yeah. It's not that much. Um, that, that's I thought the first time I break 100 grand, I'd just be rolling in dough. Like, oh, man. Well, especially not anymore. Because... used to be like, oh, that makes six figures. Six figures is the funniest thing. When it, or like, <sighs> he does well. You're like, what is six figures? Is that 101 or is that 999? Yeah, you don't know like, what, what it is. That's, what, a, that's a huge... It's a huge range. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. And what it really means is like, they just broke 100. Yeah. So now they're doing six figures. Yeah. Okay. But now it's like, it's a seven-figure thing. Six figures are gone. Like... You need to be in those sevens. Yeah. You, need, well, you know what's so funny? 
And I like reading a lot of money books and making money work for you. Some people just don't know how to manage money. Some people yeah. could damn near be making seven figures and still just paycheck to paycheck because they just have all these crazy expenses. It's the output. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, well, a lot of things. It's like, you can, I, I could do a million dollars in sales, but what was your net profit? Yeah, like, true. You, you can spend a lot to get to different places. In real estate, it's really common. People pay for leads. And so like, I could spend 15 grand a month, but if I'm making 16 grand a month, is that worth it? And then I'm, I have no shoes left or no soles left on my shoes because that's how hard I'm working. Yeah. You have to decide what you want, who you yeah. want your partner to be, and how, or how hard you want to work and how much you actually want to gain from it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what, speaking on that, a good way, and I saw this for someone that's an entrepreneur to network, is I, I saw this somewhere and it makes perfect sense. You go to the most expensive gym. You doesn't matter how much money you're making. You yeah. make that work, mm -hmm. and you go work out anywhere from five to seven a.m. Uh -huh. And those are going to be the most efficient. Your one percenters in the United States. Yeah. You connect with them. You build a relationship, and uh, before you know it, you're probably doing something great. I think that's great advice. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. It's worth an investment. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Most expensive yoga studio, most expensive gym. I know people that have three gyms. That's the reason why. Yeah. They're not at all those places all the time, but they want the access to it. They want to meet those people you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You go at the right time. It's, you just never know what could happen. Just, man, that's like, that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. You know, one minute you could be struggling. The next you meet someone, your life changes. It's insane. Do you ever have a moment like that? Something that changed for you? Someone you met that really took things off to a different level. You know what? You know how I got into real estate? Um, I met the um, landlord of Soho House uh -huh. that owned the building, Jeff Shapak. And I remember, you know, I, I met him just passing by. And I remember on uh, these, I used to really download, listen to these uh, YouTube motivational videos mm -hmm. on what, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And one guy was like, interview people, you know, whoever you want to be like, interview that person. People love to tell you about themselves. Yeah. They want to just tell you about their ups and downs and, you know, everyone does, yeah. you know, just interview them and see what happens from there. And I did that. And I met Jeff Shapak and I was like, shit, this is good. And ended up doing like, I don't want to say internship, but he just let me follow him around for like probably three months. He sunned you for a little bit? Yeah. yeah that's good. And it was awesome. Like we would work out together. Then we go to all his meetings. He's building the Hoxton. He was working on other projects around the cool. market. And I was just visually and just absorbing all this without even knowing. And uh, I decided to get my broker's license, man. And yeah. What happened with that? We even touched Man. on that. You were a broker. We did the same thing for a little bit. What's yeah, that? we did. Yeah. It, that's, it's a tough job. Um, yeah, not, not going to lie. That's a tough one. But I had my broker's license. I was working with a, um, a group and uh, ended up moving to New York. Okay. And I, 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 I became a broker because I wanted to learn more about real estate. Yeah, I, yeah, I still do. I still I want to be, I want to invest in property. And, yeah. you know, that was the reason. And there's no better launch on learning property and again your broker's license you learn yeah. so much it's a good beginner stage um, but moving to new york and going full blown in guaranteed karma like there's no plan b yeah so it's like i gotta stop paying these monthly nar fees or nar right is that what it is yeah or in <laughs> nar oh it's nr it's nar national NAR. association of realtors yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then there's car 
yeah, car, car, Chicago Association of It's Realtors. expensive, man. Yeah. Well, you're paying, yeah, you have to pay for your MLS. It's, it's a lot. You have to pay for E&O insurance. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm like, yeah. got to make some sacrifices, but. Would you learn doing that? Did you do any deals? I did some with the group I was yeah. with. Uh, visually saw, did rental properties mostly. Mm-hmm. It's a grind. It's hard yeah. in New York. I mean, it, well, I'm sure in New York, but Chicago is tough. Yeah. Well, in New York, at least you get paid. So in New York, you pay someone to find an apartment for you. You're like, here's a few grand, find a place, right? Here, you're like, the landlord's going to pay you. So maybe you get paid if they decide to rent a place. Yeah. We have a very unique market here where no one's paying us until it actually comes to fruition. Hmm. When you found your apartment in New York, how'd you do it? Uh, my buddy had already moved there. And he just went through a breakup. He's like, I got an extra spare bed. Talked me into moving out there. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Um, we stayed at the Summit. Um, it's really cool. This uh, NBA trainer lived there, Chris Berkeley, and he would have all these NBA players. He would train them, like yeah. LeBron. Um, That's cool. Kevin Love, like all these great players. And you're just walking in and you just see these guys working out. It's insane. But um, great building. After that year, we got a great deal by that. And we just did walk up now. We have a three bedroom and it's cool. What floor? Four. Four? New York's interesting. I was in a seven story building once. I walked all the way to the top. What? Yeah, there's no elevator. I think New York has a 17 story. I I could be wrong. I swear I'm right though. They have a 17 story building. It's the last building that exists where there's no elevator, but it's that high up. Damn. Because they would just keep going and going and going. That's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. What do you want to leave with? I don't want to take you up all day. I really appreciate your time. Um... Man, thank you for this. Yeah. And man, I hope whoever's listening would love to have volunteers come help us out, do some street cleanups, build community, have fun, hang out, be a part of something that is at the beginning stages and everyone can be a part of it. And I think there's something great about being a part of something at the beginning stages and we all watch it grow together. Um, It'd be great if people could help you grow that and grow it everywhere, not 100%. just here in New York. If they want to do that, what's the best way to do it? Um, if they want to do that, you can actually follow Guaranteed Karma um, on Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, our website, guaranteedkarma.com, or join us on the Halo app, which all these links, social media will take you right to the Halo app where you could build a profile and uh, start volunteering and get some great perks too. Cool. Yeah. Dustin, I really appreciate your time. My man, thank you this so much, fun. man. Yeah. Appreciate it.